Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D. <laughs> Thank you to the voice we haven't named yet. I'm going to ask my guest, Mickey and Sana. Was that a Mickey? You've been on before. You can't answer. Sana, you're my new guest. Sana Johns. Sana, was that a real person or was that a mm, AI person? What do you think? Our announcer. You know, it sounded real, but I'm I'm going to say it was AI, but it really sounded good, smooth, like smooth jazz. <laughs> He's smooth. Robert Cellino, the general manager of Voice America. He put that together for me, and he worked on the script, and he sent me, there must have been 12 or 5,000, I don't know, different voices. And the the kicker to get the right one, Sana and Mickey, was it had to say, oh, how those lips can talk. When it got that right, we knew we had, so I'm going to have a contest to name the voice. So welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Next at the Mic. We're missing one of our scheduled guests, and if he pops in, we'll we'll let him come on. There you go. I'm Bonnie D, and this is my pleasure to host this show. I came up with the idea about six months ago because I realized that I hadn't met so many of the hosts on Voice America, and I've been on the station since 2011. Oh my goodness, have you really? Yes, 55 series. I talk to myself a lot, Sana. 55 series later, and I don't know almost any of the other hosts. So I said, let's get together, party style, roundtable style, and talk about why do we do radio? Why live hosting? Well, it has its challenges. It has its happies and its sad. It has its joys and its oopses, right? We're going to talk about that. But why radio? What's the impact? What's the importance? What's the value? We're not talking monetarily. Why do we do it? What are our goals for radio? And what's the future? of live radio as a platform for communication. So all of that good stuff. So I'm going to read a little poem. Oh, by the way, I, first up, it's February 20th. It's the 51st day of 2024 in the Gregorian calendar. There are 315 days remaining, so you have time to decide what you're going to do for New Year's Eve. Mickey, you know I always tell my guests, get ready. Make the Kahlua about six months before, the homemade Kahlua or the still, it, the bootleg whiskey, you know, all that good stuff. You have time. Now, I discovered something in a newsletter I received, ladies, and I've always talked about the Gregorian calendar was Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, but I didn't know exactly why he said, eh, I don't like the Julian calendar. I don't know what he sounded like, but let me just read you a little bit of background here, and I think you'll appreciate it. In 1582... The day after October 4th was October 15th. Mickey, does that even make sense to you? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Sana, is that even Mickey Shepherd is with us? Sana, it doesn't. So what happened is it says this curious leap occurred when the Gregorian calendar replaced the Julian calendar at the behest of Pope Gregory XIII, who felt the need to do something about the latter calendar's inaccuracy. Under the Julian calendar, a solar year was measured as exactly 365.25 days, a slight overestimate that over 1,600 years, as my grandmother used to say, we should live and be well, it was used throughout the Christian world, led to a discrepancy of several days. So Pope Gregory, I call him Gregor, Greggy, his mother must have been very proud of him. He decided we're going to get rid of the Julian calendar. We're just going to make our own. So we now have the Gregorian calendar. I just wanted you all to know that. So today I'm talking to my two guests are here and we're calling this episode Now You're Talking. So let me read my little poem. And Sana, Mickey's been on before, so she knows this, but you're new to this and I'm so happy you're here. Thank and you. 
I go to ChatGPT and I say, write me a little poem for my opening monologue, and I send it the bios for my guests, and it writes a little little verse for each of you. So when I call your name, there's just two of you. I'm going to be the third panelist, by the way. I, I have a quote for later in the show. So uh, when I call your name, just wave furiously. So welcome to Next at the Mic, a platform unique featuring Voice America hosts. Your interest, we will, to your interest, we will speak. Host Bonnie D with her scarlet mic to wow welcomes today two stars on Let's Make Noise Now. Sana Johns, wave hello, founder of Sana Life's Grace, certified empowerment coach, a guiding embrace, a model spokesperson with national TV fame. She inspires others their personal power to reclaim. Sana, what'd you think? I like that. I like that last line a lot. I can use that. I can send that to you. (laughs) Mickey M.A. Shepard. Shepard has one P. Mickey has two two Ks. Mickey M.A. Shepard, Adoption as a Choice host, well-known. U.S. Air Force vet, thank you for your service. Real leadership, she has shown. In a heartbeat author, entrepreneur success she finds. Raising awareness, family ties, not just biology binds. Mickey, how'd you like that? Pretty cool. Chat GPT. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I, I edited some of it, so I get a little credit. It's the AI plus the human. Last mm-hmm. I checked, I still am. Listen, watch, embrace the wisdom on air as Bonnie D. That's me broadcast with flair. See my flair, Sana? Uh, next at the mic where voices ignite a symphony of inspiration, radio's strength, and our might. Ladies, what'd you think? Pretty cool? Very cool. I like it. I like we it just, just started experimenting with AI this week, and it's very cool. It is very, very cool. And people talk about the guardrails. It's not going to do us all out of our jobs. And it's now, not like going to Like you said, me. you've got to edit it. You've you got to edit it. And you mm-hmm. have to. And now, th- there's a, d- a debate going on on LinkedIn this week with people I know from my Technology Revolution show who were saying you don't need to be polite to chat GPT. Now, I always say, good afternoon, good evening, please, would you please do this? Thank you very much. This was great. And they're saying, no, it makes it inefficient. But my, my posturing here, Sana and Mickey, is that I get a poem back. I put in all of your bios and my intro and everything. I get a poem back before I can count three seconds. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. It's there. How much more efficient would I want it to be, right? I'm just going to check my email and see if Mr. Mark has... No, he's he's MIA. Okay, well, we'll give him a couple more minutes to show up. So, ladies, let's go around the table. It's a small table today, and let's find out who you really are. Sana Johns, you're our new guest today. So happy to meet you. You've been on Voice America for six months. You're already a radio veteran. I will give you that. I'll write a certificate for you. Lots <laughs> of scrolls on it. I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view, Sana, and would okay. you please do me the honor of introducing yourself. Take three or four minutes. Compress your entire life and your entire radio career into three and a half minutes. How's that? How about three and a half hours? I'll take it. Go (laughs) ahead. (laughs) So I am Sana Johns. I'm a personal empowerment coach, and uh, I help to personally help people to become personally empowered, like to awaken to their true power within, because I believe that we are very, very powerful. And based on all of my life challenges and any everything that I've gone through, all of the hardships, the disappointments, uh, professionally, personally, everything, you know, being a mom and a single mom and working full time and, you know, burnout and everything. I just, as it, when I finally landed on my feet again, you know, working through all of the challenges, I realized that I wanted to help other people. So, you know, my background includes training and facilitation. I've done film work. I've done TV commercials. I've done spokesperson work. I actually did radio about 
oh, I don't know, early 20s. So I'm not going to say how long ago that was, but in my early (laughs) 20s, I really wanted to be in radio or TV broadcasting. And I had a chance to be in TV broadcasting and a couple of things didn't work out. And then I just ended up doing spokesperson work for, you know, major companies and things like that. But how did did you like doing spokesperson work? Was that fun for you? Did you have any challenges with what they wanted you to say? Well, it's scripted. It was very scripted. And no, I mean, I loved it. I love, uh, I love the camera. I love being able to, to, to do the commercials and just reach out. And it was just kind of natural for me. Um, but I didn't really get into it. Like most people do like real competitive and they want to be this big superstar. Well, it really wasn't about that for me. It was really about just, I was decent at it and I enjoyed it. And that's what I did. And then from there, I did more training and facilitation and, you know, that took off for a while. And then I was a spokesperson for Comcast and all that kind of stuff. So, but what led me here today is a lot different. <laughs> no, but honestly, all those life cha- all of those experiences have really, you know, come full circle today. Everything, because there were challenges in all of those things, but a lot personally as well, professionally, personally, and, you know, wrapping it all up and going through all the obstacles, just, you know, wanting to give back and help other people that are going through similar things. So I have the show Up Close and Empowered, and I love it. It's about, you know, people telling their stories of courage and bravery and choosing themselves uh, in the most difficult times in their life, challenges, trauma, hardships, and being able to, you know, turn that pain into purpose. I know it's cliche, but like really turn their life around. And a lot of them are serving others. And I really believe that as we, you know, we work on ourselves anyway, we're making the world a better place. So I really wanted to have a platform where people could share their stories and give inspiration and hope to the listeners. And that's why I do what I do. So I was always looking for a platform. I was manifesting a platform. And then I heard from Voice America last summer and I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. That's the type of response I get from a lot of hosts who come on the show with me, Sana. They say, the phone rang, and I said, yes, that's what I wanted to do. Very, yes. very interesting. So it's it's a, a good phone call. It's a timely phone call. It's, you have something to share. You have something to say. We know who you are. We're following you. We're watching you in, in, in a professional way. And we think you would be an addition to the platform. And I think that's what's so magical is that a lot of people are here who never weren't trained in radio. They they didn't start out as radio hosts. And then you we have enough life experience mm-hmm. and enough of a, a POV, a point of view about whatever our subject matter is, that yeah. we're good to share it. We're ready to share it. And that door opens. And that's a nice thing. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Mickey Shepard is back. Mickey, you're looking absolutely <laughs> glamorous today. I love the new hair hairdo. It's just lovely on you. Mickey, I did the returning guest ometer. It's an it's an ometer, ometer. Okay. I ran it and I found out that since you were on the show, there are only about 12.8973 people in the world who don't remember you from the last time you were on the show with me. Wow. I, I know. Oh, you I'm, just made my day. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. So could you please refresh their memory, those 12 point whatever. I don't, I don't know how the census did with those people. It's a very odd number. But Mickey, would you please tell us again who you are and why you're here and tell us about your show. Welcome back, Mickey. Thank you so much. Um you know, it's it's like, have you ever thought that you're at a point where you start telling people about your life? It means you must have had six lives or something. Cause it's too much, right? So, but you mentioned the Air Force, and that's a good pivotal spot. Um, 
I did join the Air Force. I had this uh, idea. It was during Vietnam, and I really thought if I went in, that would save one guy. Not to know I would never be going to Vietnam. I wound up in a dentist office. Um, but nevertheless, it was a wonderful experience. I met some astronauts, including John Glenn um, and the Skylab astronauts who we worked with, which was, it, I, I love to tell the story because I didn't know this thing. They had to train with us at our dental clinic in case while they were in space, somebody had a toothache and they needed to know what to do. So they trained with us, which was cool because we got to train with them and party with them for about a week. And uh, so that was my Air Force time. But um, fast forward, my ex-husband got stationed in Colorado. So we moved to Colorado. And um, years later, I got a real estate license and met my current husband, who we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. <gasps> wait a minute, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sana and I are going, I'm putting us on, on gallery view here. Sana, let's just give her a thumbs up, a thumbs up. Let me see if I can get the, uh, okay, hold yes. on, Mickey. There we go. Mickey, there are the fireworks. Okay. Oh, thank you. I, I started cool. the fireworks for you. There you go. Okay. You can continue your so, bio now. Go he was ahead, my Mickey. real estate broker. I got very involved in real estate, very involved in real estate politics. And, um, what wound up happening was um, we became partners in the company and then we got married. And because of all the things I did in real estate, as far as uh, running for office and being president of the board and governor of women's council and things like that, along came the greatest referral ever given to another real estate agent. And that was my son. Um, we had mentioned to a friend that I had mentioned to a friend and uh, she said, would you ever consider adopting? And I said, in a heartbeat, which is the beginning of the name of my book. Um, I did. I thought nothing of that conversation. Two years later, I get a phone. My husband got a phone call, actually, from a friend of my friend saying that she had a friend who decided that morning she wanted to place her baby for adoption. And did we want him? Um, <laughs> I won't tell you the whole story. It'll take the whole hour. But 19 days later, we were parents. And... That experience, um, other than phenomenal, I mean, I was in the delivery room. It was it was awesome. Um, we, I had always wanted to write a book. I had my mother remarried when I was twelve. Didn't like him very much, but he was determined to win me over and did. And that's why my name is Shepherd because um, I took his name. And I always wanted to write a book about it because when I was back in the Air Force, I had a roommate who had the very similar experience. Her mother had remarried around the same time. She blamed everything that went wrong in her life on her stepdad. Mm -hmm. And I credited everything that was going right in my life on my dad, because we don't use those terms in my family. We've had too many people. I've had two brothers come into my world that weren't adopted, but they're there or were there. And um, it just goes on and on. And then the more I looked back, there's four generations of this going on. And finally the book came out. Um, so the book was intended to explain a good news adoption story because I know when we adopted, there was nothing but bad news in the news about adopting. And I wanted to share it. And like Sana said, um, along, along the way, after the book had come out, I got a call from Voice America saying they wanted to start a show about adoption, that they had had one at one point, but it went off the air for whatever reason. The timing of ours was 2022, 
So it came on a few months before uh, the Dobbs decision was overturned. So we were getting a lot of attention. And it was good timing because it was a through industry expert guests, people sharing their actual stories. We're able to raise awareness. And that's the purpose. I'm not trying to tell everybody what to do. I just want them to know what the other choices are. And my thing has always been if one birth mother changes her mind and goes ahead and gives birth, I've accomplished what I set out to do, um, like my birth mother did. And uh, so that that's why I'm here. I mean, I was a speaker in real estate, seminars, all that stuff, but all that does, just doesn't matter anymore because I really just want to get the word out to people about adoption. Thank you, Mickey. Very interesting, all of the things you've done, and you kind of glossed. I was a president of this. I was a pre- Did you see that, Sana? She's just waiting. Yeah. I was a president yeah. of this. I was a president of the council. I was a president of this. Mm-hmm. Can, can you just go over one or two of those details, Mickey? Because and I can. When I, when I, I actually loved it all. When uh, Colorado was the time I was very involved, and I was the president of the Board of Realtors. I was only the second woman to become president. I was the absolute only one to ever be elected. Um, they always had like a white ballot thing where everybody just voted for the one person everybody wanted. I wrote 3,000 invitations to the 3,000 members, handwritten, asking them to vote for me, and I won. And it was great because at the same time, I was the governor of the Colorado Women's Council of Realtors. So I really got to go a lot of places. I used to tell people that the year before my son was born, I had 13 jobs and only one paid, and that was real estate. All the other things were volunteer because I did Moscow with this free telethon and uh, Christmas Unlimited, my favorite, favorite thing that I was ever involved in. We gave 6,000 families Christmas who wouldn't have had it that year. I honestly believe that that is how JT came to us because that was the year before he was born. And in my book, I even said, God must have thought I did something great in my life for you to come to me. <laughs> and I think that's that's what it was. So. Nice. You need to be, I, I I believe if you're in an industry, which is why I did seminars for realtors and traveled all to all the conventions and always spoke. The biggest venue was the Jacob Javits Center and 6,000 people in that audience. And it was awesome. <laughs> Frightening <laughs> as can be, but it was, but it was awesome. And, but it's, you know, the same thing. What I was doing back then was teaching about open houses, teaching about, your image. So it's it's the same kind of um, mission, if you will. It's still education, and it's just a different topic than before. Thank you, Mickey. Very, very interesting. You're both very impressive. Uh, Since I'm going to be the third panelist today, I'm going to take one minute just to reintroduce myself to the audience. Oh, is this Bonnie D? I'm Bonnie D. I go by different names, Bonnie D. Graham, Bonnie D. And on Monday nights on my show, Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives, I'm AKA Radio Red. Sana, it's lowercase AKA Radio, capital R, red, all one word. And I came up with that years ago because it sorts in the sorting order. I was a programmer years ago. In the alphabet, the A comes up above everything else. And it makes, if somebody's looking, oh, AKA, who is she? Well, that's me. Uh, I came to Voice America. They didn't call me. I called them. I was working for one of the biggest business software companies in the world. And I I had been doing my own radio show on WGBB AM 1240 Long Island, New York. It was the oldest AM station. I had to drive almost an hour and a half in traffic on Fridays to go way out on Long Island and get there. 
and it was not a happy situation. I had an engineer and I had a microphone and I interviewed authors. And then I went on to internet radio. I started hosting and producing for other people. And then I became aware of Voice America. And one day I picked up the phone and I called the late, wonderful Jeff Spinard, who was the CEO and, and the co-founder of Voice America years ago. I called him and the miracle, Mickey, was that he picked up the phone. Yeah. He was a very busy man. Even when you had an appointment, it was like, I'll be there in 10 minutes, or can we do it tomorrow? He's very busy building and growing Voice America. But he picked up the phone, and I said, hi, Jeff. My name is Bonnie. You don't know me, and I don't know you. That's an old New York City joke, and we don't talk about that out here. It's just, you know, pretend it's X-rated. Um, but the show is not. And I said, I, I want to start a radio show. And he said, keep talking. And we cooked up this idea for a radio show. I want to do a roundtable thought leadership show for people in in the tech field on different technology topics. And he said, let's let's do it. And I went back to my manager and said, okay, this is what I want to do. And she funded it 13 weeks. And then she said, I love it, go big. And all of a sudden, I was doing 52 weeks of live radio for SAP, the business software company. And people around the company found out about this because this was new. This was 2011, 2012. This was mm-hmm. before everybody picked up a microphone and said, I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, before I knew it, it was I had three different shows and then I had four and five and then I had eight and 10 and then I had 15 and 20. And one year I had 18 shows and I was on voice America six hours a week, rotating shows one a week into four shows in a time slot. It was 18 altogether, two hours on this day and two hours on this day. It was, it was a blast. It was just a blast. And then I separated from SAP in 2019. Thank you very much. And I got other consultancies and and software companies hired me to do their shows. So this is my 55th series on Voice America. And I'm a very firm believer in sharing information, in doing it in a, a cordial and pleasant way that people will want to hear you will want to understand what your message is. And they people have the choice, right? There's so much clatter, isn't there? And chatter, Mickey and, and Sana. There's so many choices on what do people pay attention to? What do we watch? What do we listen to? But we hope that through the Voice America platform, they find us. And I'm live streaming. We're live now on Wave Hello again. We're on two Facebook pages. We're on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube. And so I believe in the power of the visual as well as the audio. We're also on the Voice America Variety Channel today. So that's who I am. And uh, I came up with the idea about six months ago to put together wonderful people like Sana and Mickey and our guest Mark, who who didn't make it here today. I hope he's okay, to talk about radio, just talk and get to meet each other. And how are you doing your show, Mickey? And how are you doing your show, Sana? And how do I do my shows? And this is a roundtable format. It's I don't do interviews anymore. I do a roundtable where my guests speak in three or four minute sound bites and share whatever the topic is. And that's my segue to go into the next part of the show. So thank you, everybody, for letting me reintroduce myself. Okay, so here we I like the little voices, too. It's fun. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Sana Johns and Mickey Shepard, I asked each of you lovely ladies to please send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric, and you're going to relate it to our topic, which is the impact, the importance, the challenges, the benefits, the fun and the joys and the challenges again of hosting live radio and the future. And we'll talk about that with your discussion statements, but let's lead into it this way. So Sana Johns has sent me a quote. Oh, I love this quote. Glinda, the good witch of the North, played by an actress named Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E Burke, 
The Wizard of Oz, of course. 1939 American musical fantasy film produced by MGM. It was an adaptation of L. Frank Baum or Baum's 1900 children's fantasy novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And it was directed primarily by somebody named Victor Fleming. But guess what? Gone with the Wind was in trouble at that time, Sana. And he left the wizard to go direct Gone with the Wind. The stars are iconic. Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Burt Lahr, Jack Haley, Billy Burke, and Margaret Hamilton. Glinda, we're talking about Glinda, is a fictional character who is the most powerful sorceress in the land of Oz. She's the ruler of the quadling country south of the Emerald City and protector of Princess Ozma. Okay, and here's the quote you've selected, one of my favorites. You've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it yourself. Isn't that a beautiful quote, Mickey? That quote. I am yeah. I I I have I just found out a new thing about the Wizard of Oz, Sana. So if you want to know, let me know. Uh, well as soon oh. as Sana explains okay. why she picked the quote, then we'll we'll go to you, Mickey. So Sana, I'm putting you on speaker view. Just tell us a little bit about how you picked the quote. We both love it. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I mean it is it, it's a perfect quote because it's really what I it's what I'm about, personal empowerment. It's it's finding that power within and that we all have it. So this was very relatable to not only my life, but also many other others' lives. And the way I tie it in with Voice America and what I do and this platform is it's having a voice, like really, you know, having that vulnerability and that voice within you to get your message out and to be empowered because I believe that we're empowering other people too. And people don't realize how powerful they really are. But, you know, like we're talking about today, wisdom, we learn through experience and through challenges and that gets, gives us that strength. And that that helps us to awaken to our power that we're not even sure we have, most of us. So that's why I love that quote. It's always there. It's just you have to access it. You have to access it. Very well put. We're not even sure it's there. And the power of the microphone, that's the power. I used to do stand-up comedy in New York, not in the big venues and the small ones, but I, I took a class at Steve Rosenfeld's American Comedy Institute, and then I started getting invitations to go to little clubs around New York, and I did libraries and Borders bookstores. I had my own comedy troupe. It was a lot of fun. But the the, the theory, the, the nomenclature, ladies, is when you're on this side of the mic, you have the power mm -hmm. to command, to tell, to share. But when you're on stage, they say you kill with the mic, but if it doesn't go well, you die. That's the way they say in comedy. How did you do? Oh, I died on that stage. They hated me. How did you do? I killed a hundred people said I was great. They booked me for next weekend. So I thought that was an interesting way of talking about power, killing and dying, not to make this morbid, but mm -hmm. Mickey, what did you know about the wizard you wanted to tell us? Go ahead. Well, I was looking up a quote from there because I thought about using one from there. And I read, and, and it's appropriate because she's talking about Glinda's telling Dorothy she always had the power, and the power was in those shoes that if she clicked her heels, the shoes weren't red. When Frank Baum wrote the book, the shoes were silver. But because when they went to do the, the movie, they, the, in black and white, black and white shoes just kind of fell away from the, the screen. So they made them red, even though it was still done in black and white, but the red took on another tint so in the movie you knew there was something different about the shoes but it was not that way in the book so hmm. I, just, I thought it was interesting I, I yeah. just uh, never it knew is. that 
And I, I read, similar to that, that in Gone with the Wind, Scarlett O'Hara, Vivian Lee's eyes were not the color that they wanted. The director wanted her eyes. So they hired a very high-end lighting director, and he had to make sure that her eyes looked, I guess, green. Her eyes were blue-gray, I read. And mm-hmm. he had to make sure that in all the scenes with Vivian Lee, that the tint of her eyes, wait, this is years ago before contacts, I guess. I don't know if they had them. But he had to make sure that the eyes looked green to match the way the story was written. Very interesting, Mickey. Thank you very much. Sana, I love the quote. Uh, it's, it speaks volumes in so many, yes. so many ways. And you give somebody a microphone and you give them a platform and they gain their power, right? We gain our power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're impacting so many people by doing that. And in a way, I've had a lot of hosts come on the show who say that they are building a community like you, Mickey, of people who wouldn't get that information any other place other than here. So thank you. And I'm going to go to Mickey's quote now, ladies. That was a good one. Thank you, Sana. Mickey is quoting Jesse, played by Jason James Richter. I'm not familiar with him. The movie Free Willy, 1993 American family drama film. Uh, Let's see, stars Jason James Richter in his film debut. A lot of people I'm not, oh, Jane Atkinson is in it. I know her. The story of a 12-year-old orphaned boy who befriends a captive orca, Willie, at an ailing amusement park. I didn't know amusement parks could ail. I guess it was going out of business. When he discovers that the park owners plan to dispose of Willie, oh no, he hatches a scheme to break him out of captivity. Jesse spends three days roaming the streets with his fellow orphans, begging for money and stealing food. And the movie grew into a franchise. Animated TV, two sequels, direct-to-video reboot, inspired the rehabilitation and the release of Keiko, a real orca. So here's the quote, Mickey. This is a humdinger. Come on, Willie. You only have to do it once. What does this have to do with radio? Go ahead, Mickey. It has to do with everything. Um, but in radio, there's no second chance. So, I mean, there's your next show. But a mistake gets broadcast for all to hear. And it's pressure. And that pressure can be daunting, I think, especially in the beginning. But I think the quote could be used to encourage nervous guests to take the leap, trust their abilities, reminding them that this interview discussion or is a one-shot thing and they should give it all. And, and sometimes that helps people relax. You just need something. To me, it's like a hug. When I did seminars, I had everybody in the room stand up and hug somebody. And it wasn't for them. It was for me because I was so nervous that if they hugged, it gave me a chance to breathe. And then when they sat down, we all got going. So I, I think it works in radio. But, you know, if you didn't see the movie, but um, I had a three-year-old at the time. So we lived the movie over and over and over again. We know every line. Um, and when every time I got to that point, it, and uh, uh, just, just so you know what happened, they they broke Willie out of the, the I almost said circus, but it was a, 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 a park that was just not doing well. And he got to the water, but the owner of the park didn't have insurance if you, if the orca was stolen. He only had insurance that the orca died. So he sent his team out that had captured Willie to begin with. So they blocked the place where um, J- uh, Jesse was going to let him go. But they got him out in the water, and they had the nets down so he couldn't get through. And that's when Jesse thought, and he looked at, at the jetty, and he starts running on the jetty and he's going, come on, Willie, come on, Willie, you have to go this way. It's safer this way. And they got to the end and that's when he's talking to him. 
because he had trained Willie to do these jumps. That was part of the park thing. And that's when he was telling him, Willie kept looking at him. He kept shaking his head. And that's when he just yelled at him one more time. He said, come on, Willie, you only have to do it once. And the orca jumped over 30 feet. And even the the people from the park said, have you ever seen him jump that high? And no, he hadn't. But he trusted Jesse. And Jesse knew he could do it. I think we all have that in us, whether it's our guests, whether it's ourselves, whether it's our families, friends, um, that you can just tell people, come on, just do it once. See how it feels. See how it feels. See how it goes. See how you do. See how you feel about it. See if you want to do it again. That's the interesting thing about radio, talking about the power of the microphone. We don't know how we're going to be received that first time, do we? We're not sure. Uh, Our voice, our style, our intonation, the speed with which we speak, the way we introduce ourselves and our guests, the format of our show. It's really an experiment saying, where will I find my power to reach and influence or inspire other people. Mm-hmm. And it is an experiment. And it, Mickey, you're right. That's that first toe in the water, that first mm-hmm. time when you speak into the mic. That's why I called this show Next at the Mic, right? Now, right. I'll tell you both a quick story. When I started my first show for SAP in 2011, it was called Coffee Break with Game Changers. And the idea was we weren't going to sell or promote anything. It was just, uh, shall we say, solution agnostic thought leadership. So I booked three guests, and they were all in the mobility field, uh, technology mobility, not mobile phones. So the day of the show, it's 30 seconds before live, and only one of the three guests has shown up. Now, the show wasn't supposed to be an interview. It was supposed to be a roundtable. Two of the three were somewhere in Europe, and they got the time zone mixed up. It wasn't on Zoom. It was just a phone-in, but we had international calling and voice America. We were calling them. They were nowhere to be found. So this is before me, too. I don't want anybody to get offended, but I said to the guest, the one who showed up, his name was Dan. I said, Dan, honey, follow my lead. We're going to talk mobility for one hour. Let's do it. And he said, Bonnie, honey, I'm here for you. And we talked for one entire hour. So I never went back and listened to the on-demand because I didn't want to know. We just, I had notes. I had his, we just talked and talked and talked. I didn't take breaks then either. And the next week, the three guests showed up. And the week after, and the fourth week, I got a call from my manager. And I said, what do you think? And she said, I have news for you. And I figured, oh, crap, she's shutting me down. Don't do the 13 weeks. We hate it. And she said, I love it. Go big. I just wrote a check for 52 weeks. You're doing a whole year. I said, oh, my God, this wasn't my job. I had another job at the company. I was hired for marketing, (laughs) messaging, and all that. So I was doing two jobs, but I created the radio job. And I I did it there for 12 years. Very, very interesting. So talking about just me, just do it once. (laughs) I did. I did. <laughs> Luckily, I'd been doing radio on terrestrial and other stations for 10 years or so before that. So it really didn't daunt me. And I said, I'll come back again the following week. <laughs> there I am. So, ladies, thank you very much for the quotes. Love the quotes. Let's go to our discussion statement. Sonny, you've kind of sort of used all of yours, but we're going to go back and revisit them. I'm going to mm. read one to you and okay. let's let's expand it a little bit. So you say, I chose radio to have a larger impact on raising self-awareness and personal empowerment. There's that power word again. So let's talk about self-awareness. What's the format of your show? One-on-one? Do you have a lot of guests? How do you do it? How do you help people with their self-awareness? What do you present on the show? So tell us a little more about what you do, Sana. 
Okay, so I generally have one guest on the show, but that's changing soon. I'll have two at times. I have my next show, actually, I have a, a husband and wife, which is with a great story. But uh, it's it's one-on-one and it's like, you know, sharing stories of what they went through. People love to hear the personal stories. So the, the, the first part of the show, maybe the first 15 to 20 minutes is really their story and some of the twists and turns and then the pivotal moments of what led them on their path to healing, transformation, and then, you know, what they're doing today, how it's turned into serving others or, you know, being, uh, you know, a better impact in the world in some way, um, you know, their purpose. So that's kind of the flow, but it's very free flow conversation. So it's not interview style, uh, but I do like to start with a little bit of an intro on the person. Some people I know a little bit more than others and I'll say a few things. And then it's very conversational. It's not really structured too much, but I do like people to to know what they went through. And some people get very vulnerable. They share a lot. We talk about trauma. We talk about a lot of disappointments, heartache, a lot of things that have gone on in people's lives, and then how they actually turned it around and what they're doing today. So it's it's an inspirational show and but it also provides tips and tools and skills that they that the listeners can actually learn while they're listening in the show, which is great. I mean there's some great knowledge that's given on the show. Nice. How do you prep your guests? Do you do you have a pre-call with them on my business shows? I always have a prep call so they learn my style and the format and the timing and all of that just to give them a heads up because it's different than webinars and it's different than anything they've ever done before, trust me. Uh, but how do you prep your guests? Is it just you just say, send me a bio and show up or what do you do, son? I'm curious. I do a little research, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in the beginning, I had people that I knew because it was a little bit more comfortable. But I do research on new guests, uh, kind of, you know, see what they're about, what their purpose is, what their mission is, and just kind of if they've been on the healing journey, because that is the overall theme of my show, people mm-hmm. that have gone through some type of healing or transformation. So I, I do a questionnaire, I have them fill it out. And then I do a like a, you know, 15 minute, 20 minute call to kind of see, you know, the energy. I like to like, you know, see if we vibe, right. Just, you know, on a zoom and just to kind of see where they're at and if it's a good fit. And normally I can tell from what I've researched on and from their bio. So when they send me their story, then I know like, okay, this is a good fit for the show. And then also people that have a real strong purpose of really giving back. Uh, A lot of times, you know, if they, they usually have a really good story, like a you know, heartfelt story. I love to have those people on the show. So sometimes I, you know, I don't have to take as much time with certain people. It just depends, but I do pre-screen to answer your question. That's what I wanted to know. Mickey, how do you prep your guests for your show? We're the same thing. We, um, excuse me. Been in the beginning, I was reaching out to people. I lucked out and got my ideal guest for my very first show. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was exciting. But then from after about the third show, they were all referrals. And I found out very fast that adoption world's small when you start when you're talking to industry experts. So they started referring people, but I do do a questionnaire and I do the pre-production meeting. Um, I was a business coach for Tony Robbins and Chet Holmes was my brother. And we always did a questionnaire. And I've kind of taken that questionnaire and shrunk it considerably, but just just to get basically some things to start talking to them about. But that pre-production meeting, I usually know what we're going to talk about. And I just lead them. They do all the talking. Um, and I tell them the same thing. 
It is kind of like, come on, you can do it. I've I've had people that have never done anything like this and people who who have, um, which has been fun. But in fact, I had uh, Dr. Ray, he and his wife adopted 10 children. And he was hysterical. The funniest show we had. And I'm going, 10? And he said, well, it's like potato chips. You just can't yes. eat one. But the, my but this was an early oh show. Gosh. This was in the beginning. And my phone rang in my office as I'm going, no. And, fi- and he jumped in. He goes, if that's my mother, tell her I'm not here. <laughs> and the whole show went like that with him. But the information was incredible. And so it, it, they're all different. But you pick up on what they want to talk about. I know I mentioned this before, but I've had guests that don't talk. Yep. They seem like they're going to talk when you do the interview, yep. but then you get there and you ask them a question, and I always tell them the same thing. This is your show. I'm just going to lead you, but it's really about you and your story. And then you ask them a question, and they say yes. <laughs> I know. Um, which brings me back to Free Willy, because you've got to get them to come on. You only have to do this once. Could you elaborate? Um and 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 you all you both know. I mean, that's uh, where did I read this recently? I know in looking up these quotes that the the two terrible things about radio are the silence. Yep. Somebody doesn't show up. Yep. Um, and so <laughs> it it is interesting, and it, it's it's worked it's worked out each time. But um, you know, you just don't know. But you know, it is a fun venue, and what we found out what we were talking about earlier. Obviously, there's a niche. People want to know. People don't know what they don't know. You know, we've done a whole show about myths because people have these preconceived notions about adoption that are not true. And if you indulge me for a second, I'll tell you one that makes me crazy. Go ahead. And it's um, uh, my husband and I had friends who had adopted and we all wound up moving to Arizona for a short time. And their son was older than my son. And he got to a point, he was becoming a teenager, he started getting into trouble, and I'm talking to her. I've known this woman most, you know, she was in the Air Force with me, so I've known her a long time. And I kept saying, you need to talk to him. She said, why? That he's your son? <laughs> She's nothing I can do about it. I mean, that that's how, that's how he came. I said, no, you adopted him at birth. People learn and live what they are taught and see. He had no previous people to teach him. But that was her and her husband's mindset. There was nothing they could do to change what was already inherent in him. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe that. Um, I had a dad that didn't come into my life till I was 12. I know from that point on the way I am, how my values, my manners, if you will, came came after that because you see Mm -hmm. and you learn what you live with. So that is a myth, though, because I had a a book signing at the end of which I talked. And one of the ladies, it was a teacher's club. She came up to me and she said, I need to get your book for my son-in-law. I said, why? She said, because that story you told about your friend, that's what he believes. He believes Mm -hmm. if they adopt, they have no control over the personality or behavior of that child later on. And that's a bunch of baloney. Um, Thank you, Mickey. Very interesting. Yes. Uh, it's the revelation sometimes, isn't it? But going back to your comment, the reason I have on my technology show four panelists is if one doesn't show up, I still have enough. 
Today, mm-hmm. the two of you and, and our third guest did, did not come. So I became, I'm usually involved, but a little bit more today because I'm the third panelist. So when it's a topic I know, obviously radio, I can fill in. But I have had people who stopped almost at the one word. And I tell people, don't send me bullets. Don't send me three word teasers. I need to know how you can articulate the topic. Now I use, you ladies both know, I use something called a jot form where I ask for a bio, a limited bio and a picture and the quote with the source or attribution and four discussion statements. And that's what we're going over right now. So it's a, a like a mini questionnaire. Uh, I do have people who push back and tell me, how dare you ask me to spend so much time giving you so much information? I said, well, you must have a bio if you're a professional. You've got a bio. Get it down to a thousand characters. You've got to have a short bio. You must have a picture somewhere. So that's two things. What is that? 30 seconds each? Copy and paste, right? And the quote, I'll send you 50 examples of movie quotes, TV quotes, <laughs> and song lyrics. What do you want? Pick something that resonates for goodness sake. And then I say, you must have on the topic, you do this, whether it's radio or artificial intelligence or manufacturing, right. whatever that you must have four things you want to say in four sentences. And I said to somebody recently who's coming on the show in a couple of weeks, and she said, you're asking for too much. I said, seriously? So she said, I said to her, if this takes you five minutes, it will be a lot. And she wrote back, it took more than 10 minutes. And she was mad at me. It's oh, like, my gosh. I know, I know, I know. We'll talk about that off the air. But anyway, it's it's very interesting. So I want to move on to, and we're filling the time very nicely. We don't have that much time left. There's only 11 minutes left. Mickey, I want to go to your statement number two, and this is interesting. You say, while mistakes can be edited out in a recorded radio show, the overall flow and energy remain captured. The free willy quote, you mentioned this, could be used to motivate hosts to stay engaged and deliver their best content at the moment, knowing that even though it's just one recording, it will have a lasting impression. So, Mickey, let's flip this and talk about live, because mm-hmm. there is there no taking backs. There's no, no taking, taking back. back. And I have had shows where uh, a paid uh, sponsor of the show, a corporate sponsor, listened. They sent the show to their governance team. And I was told, you have to take this word out. You have to take this person said this, that. And we have to have it edited for the on-demand version, which the Voice America engineer will do if I send them exact timestamps. When Bonnie said this, the next 32 seconds starting with here and here, go this, remove this, and they do their best to push it together and take it out. So that works. But Mickey, let's talk about live. Live, there is no, it. you get that one chance, but it is what it is. So how do you, how do you like the live version? I, I actually, I do like it. I like it a lot. And I actually, I think that the first show obviously was the most nerve wracking, but uh, the, the guest was phenomenal. And like I said, she was my ideal guest. She was the CEO from Save the Storks. And so it, it was good. The only part that wasn't was that I didn't push the video button. And I was panicked when it was all over that I we didn't have the recording. So I called my producer right away. And I'm going, tell me Voice America recorded the audio. He said, yes, yes, why? Of course because, they do. <laughs> I said, because I paused the video when she and I were talking before the show and I never hit it again. And then I listened to it that night and I knew it was great. But but the thing about mistakes, and I mean, anything you watch that's live, there's going to be something sometimes. But I had I had a guest. It was a couple. Usually it's been one person, but this day it was a couple. They were fun. They were wonderful. 
But even though we did the little pre-production meeting, they each were on their cell phones and they were in the same room. Oh. And it was causing problems. Yep. And so we it was hard to hear them. And we went to the first break and the engineer came in and he was great and was saying, we need to get you into two separate rooms yep. or one phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the two separate rooms worked. So by the second time around, they were much more clear. But I found myself reiter- reiterating what they were saying because I knew we couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. And I didn't want their story to get lost because they were they had foster adopted two children it was such, you know, it was a great experience and, and they were even going to adopt again. But, but you know, they're not professional people. Sure. This was not their thing. And um, so that, that seemed to work for it. You stuff know? happens and you have to punt sometimes, don't you? Sana, let's, I have some fun trivia stuff we're going to do in a second. But Sana, comment on, on live and taking that chance and doing the one thing. It's going to happen the, the one time. Go ahead. I love the live. That's why I decided to do this on Voice America. I think it's the energy of being live. I feel like you can really, truly connect with your listeners. There's nothing like it. There really isn't. I mean, to me, I I can feel that they're listening. I just, there's the energy, even with the guests, the guests love it. I mean, it's just, you can just feel it. And so, uh, yeah, I so what if you mess up. It's it's like, it's not a big deal. Like over time, it's like you do, so what? Like you just got to be you. And yeah, the first show I was really nervous for sure. I had a good guest as well. And I've been like you too, um, where I was like, oh God, did I press the record button? Oh my God. But you know what? You get it, you get it. And there's going to be some shows where you feel like you did better than others. But you know what? It's not really about us. It's about our guests too. So it's what they can share to to help help everybody, right? People use the word, I don't use it anymore, authentic. I call it real deal. When you're doing live, you're the Mm -hmm. real deal. You're in the moment. You're mindful. You're paying attention. It is what it is, but it's who you are at that moment in time, what you give, what you share, how people react to you. Mm-hmm. You have to basically, you're the MC, you're the producer, you're the you're the scripter yes. or the non-scripter, you're the reacting person, you're the clean up the, the mess in aisle three if somebody says something wrong or they forget something or they say, say something that's egregious. I have been known on one occasion, I have a rule, no politics on my shows. And I had a guest who got into politics on one of my crystal ball prediction shows where I have nine people a week for six weeks. I I have a lot of people and we do the predictions, four minutes a piece. That's my year end December and January series. And uh, I had to hit the, I had to mute him. And I said to him, thank you, Bob. I, I won't use his real name. Thank you, Bob. Let's go to Mary. And I just said, Mary, it's your turn. And I had to say to him, I texted him and I said, you know better. We're not discussing politics or candidates or wars or anything like that. That's not what we do on my show. So somebody who knew him said, well, he's a freelance writer. You know how they are. It's like, crap, not on my show. No. <laughs> Those are the rules. I mean, yeah. So when you're on Zoom, like I am, you have the power of turning off a mic if somebody yeah. really goes off the rails. And that's a possibility. Thank you, ladies. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I have so we got four, five, four and a half minutes. Oh, my goodness. Where did the time go? February 20th, music history. On this day in 1949, Ricky Nelson joined the cast of his parents' radio show, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, which made the leap to television three years later in 1952. Interesting. Let's see now. In, um, uh, In 1975 on this day, Johnny Cash Day 
was declared in Los Angeles. Interesting, interesting. On this day in uh, 1981, Rick James released Give It To Me Baby, which was a number one R&B hit with that sweet, funky stuff. That's what the music site said to me. In um, 1993, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You from the Bodyguard soundtrack topped Billboard's Hot 100 singles chart for the 13th week. Very interesting. And on this day in 2011, Katy Perry launched her Worldwide California Dreams Tour in support of her Teenage Dream album starting in Lisbon, Portugal, transforming the venue into a candy-coated wonderland. Everything was pink. And she said, it's very kitsch. I'm borrowing from, here we go, listen, The Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, Black Swan, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and a little John Waters. People are raising the bar, so you either have to get to that level or you're out of the game. So she was channeling. Uh, National holidays today. Clean out your bookcase day. Okay, I'll think about that. It's Hoodie Who Day. Uh, It's a month before spring, and people, some locations, gather at noon, wave their hands, and shout, Hoodie Who, goodbye to winter and welcome spring, one month away. It's National Comfy Day. Okay to wear comfy clothes. I'm watching the clock. Uh, Be a mess. Eat comfort food. I'm going to do that after the show. And be cozy and lazy. It's National Cherry Pie Day. No kidding. George Washington birthday coming up. It's National Handcuff Day. I'm not going to say a word about that. But George A. Carney earned a U.S. patent number for his lightweight and adjustable swinging bow ratchet-type handcuffs. They were developed in 1912. That's all I'll say. Say hello to the police departments that use them. It's Love Your Pet Day. It's National Muffin Day. I baked muffins yesterday, chocolate chip. It's No Politics Day. Ha-ha. And it's Women in Blue Jeans Day. There you go. Uh, Today, (laughs) celebrity birthdays. Charles Barkley is 61 today. Cindy Crawford is 57. Trevor Noah, the comedian, is 40 years old. Woo-hoo. Rihanna. Pop and R&B, and R&B singer, 36 years old. Oh, my goodness gracious. Her album in 2012, Unapologetic, reached number one on the Billboard 200. She has sold 230 million records and singles worldwide. Okay? And she sang in the 2023 Super Bowl halftime. There she goes. And she has a beauty line, Fenty Beauty. Olivia Rodrigo. Title role of Grace Thomas in the movie Grace Stirs Up Success. She's another wonderful person. Uh, let's see. Buffy St. Marie was born today. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now, Sidney Poitier. We all remember him, right? One of the 25 greatest male stars of all time. Guess who's coming to dinner and more. He was born on this day in 1927, passed away in 2022. And I have two celebrity birthdays from social media. I got to read fast here. YouTube. Cameron Turner is 23 years old today. You ready? She has 259,000 views of one of her videos because, Mickey, she was a teen mother, and her channel is Cam and Fam, and she got on her videos 259 million views. There you go. And TikTok, Otakoyakisoba. I had to say that, 33 years old today, 16 million subscribers on TikTok. He's recognized for his Name That Celebrity Challenge videos, cooking tutorials, and lifestyle comments, and he has a total of 851 million likes. This is Spunky Old Broads Month in February. It's National Condom Month. It's Adopt a Rescued Rabbit Month, Humpback Whale Awareness Month, Bike to Work, and Put Your Sofa, Pull Your Sofa Off the Wall. And I will tell you that in 2014, I had top tips for women, top 10 tips, and the first one was aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. And I still have my notes from 2014. And now we know about the movie. So ladies, I want to thank both of you. Don't go away. But here's my closing and follow along with me. Life is short. Break the rules. Yes. Forgive quickly. Eh, 
Kiss slowly, definitely. Love truly. Two of you laugh with me for two seconds, very loud. Here we go. Laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. And never, ever regret anything that made you smile. Here we go. Work like you don't need the money. Nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco, they all watched. Sing like nobody's listening. Love like you've never been hurt. We all have. Get over it, right, Sana? Let your heart regrow, regenerate, yeah. and love again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from a host 20 years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Bonnie D saying, it's been fun. Next at the mic, we'll see you next week right here on the Voice America Variety Channel, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Wave goodbye, ladies, and thank you to Jordan, our engineer. Jordan, are we out? Thanks again for tuning in to Next at the Mic Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively mic-worthy week.